Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time of day it may be, it's a pleasure having you to join me in this program about our lamp and keeping it full. I'm Neil Parks, everyone, and welcome and God bless each and every one of you, wherever you may be listening from. We're going to press on on this episode with where we left off last week in the parable of the ten virgins, Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13. In this parable, it is the reason, the importance, and the answer as to why our lamp must be full after we read the first 12 verses. And in verse 13, it says, Therefore, be on the alert, be prepared and ready, for you do not know the day nor hour when the Son of Man will come. You know, years ago, one of my mentors said to me, always remember that your decisions determine your destiny. That statement has never left my thinking. Lamps back in the day with Jesus were an important item to have. Lack of oil implies negligence on the bearer's part. It's up to the bearer of the lamp to make the decision as to when to fill the lamps. That's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? So when we read Matthew 25, verse 1 through 12, we see the difference between the foolish virgins and the wise virgins was one thing only. The wise virgins had oil for their lamps, and the foolish virgins did not have oil. The wise virgins had opportunity to obtain oil, and they did so. The foolish virgins had plenty of time to procure oil, but they did not. In Second Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord wishes that no one would perish. And he's implying that the Lord is patient. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. That's Matthew seven twenty one twenty three, And it's inconsistency about the churchgoers who operate without oil in their lamps. When he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones who do the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and do many wonders and powerful deeds? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you workers of iniquity or you workers of sin. Is it possible to be cl- to be in close contact with Christ and with Christians yet not be saved? I would submit to you it is. After I read scriptures like Luke 13:23 through 28, it reminds me that it is crucial for everyone to seek Christ with all their hearts, soul, and mind. Now, 
Let's read this. Let's read this scripture, Luke thirteen twenty three through twenty eight, starting in twenty three. And some ask, someone ask him, Lord, will only a few be saved from the penalties of the last judgment? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door force aside unbelief and the attractions of sin. For many, I tell you, will try to enter by their own works and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and closes a door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door again and again, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you. I do not know where you are from, for you are not of my household. Verse 26. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place there will be weeping in sorrow and pain, in grinding of teeth, in distress and anger, when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves being thrown out and driven away. Boy, my friends, Jesus is warning us in this parable that there will be a number of people who look like Christians, talk like Christians, and who even think they are Christians, who will be shocked to learn that they are not saved at the return of our Lord. What a sobering thought, wouldn't you say? This text is not seeking to create uncertainty and doubt in the hearts of the Christians But it is seeking to warn those who have a false, big word here, assurance. But not salvation. In the last days, just as Jesus, just as in Jesus' time and today, there will be those who appear to be Christian, but are not. So what is this false assurance? I raised my hand, maybe. I said a prayer, or maybe I go to church every Sunday. Well, I learned long ago that the term assumption is either the highest form of ignorance or the lowest form of intelligence. Jesus wants us to be careful about assuming Assuming we are saved, if indeed we're not. It is for this reason that the apostles challenged us to examine ourselves, to be sure we are in the faith. Let us read carefully what the Apostle Paul teaches in Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. He says, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. 
Examine yourselves, not me. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves by the ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test and are rejected as a counterfeit. We dare not assume, folks, that everyone who claims to trust in Jesus is genuinely saved. Just a short testimony in my life before I surrendered to Christ, I recall listening to and being around people who identified themselves as Christians. But knowing them and their lifestyles, as uh, lifestyles of Saturday night out and Sunday morning in, so to speak, uh, it, it just was so unbelievable, as in a hypocrite. I just didn't want or need that as something to identify with. Now, Revelation 3, uh, verses 15 through 17, listen to this. John is writing, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold, invigorating or refreshing, nor hot, healing or therapeutic. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, so to speak, spiritually, get this, useless, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. Verse 17 says, because you say I am rich, and I have prospered and grown wealthy, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, without hope and in great need. Listen again to what Second Timothy chapter three verse five says. But understand this that in the last days dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people people will be lovers of self. They'll be narcissists or self-focused, you might say. Lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. And there will be unloving, uh, devoid of, of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malice, gossips, devoid of self-control, brutal, uh, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited lovers of sensual pleasure, rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness. Although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Now that's pretty strong, wouldn't you say? Talk about a description of the lost. Wow. But getting back to the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish, they were all invited to the wedding. And the oil 
we're taking, we're to, and the oil we're talking about here is the Holy Spirit and the fire he brings to the life of the believer. So I want to repeat this again. <clears throat> Church, Jesus wants us to be careful about assuming we are saved. If indeed we're not, it is for this reason that the apostles challenge us to examine ourselves to be in the faith. Well, I'll leave you with this today. Job chapter 18, verse 5. It's talking about assured of nothing. Verse 5 says, Indeed, the light of the wicked will be put out, and the flame of his fire will not shine. But Proverbs 24, 14 is talking about the assured of hope. Verse 14 says, Know that the skillful and godly wisdom is so very good for your life and soul. If you find wisdom, then there will be a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation will not be cut off. Well, that'll do it for this this uh, podcast today. And I hope you can tune in next week. And by the way, if you have friends or relatives that come to mind as you listen, please invite them and uh, text them or email. And comments are always welcome as well as, as at this address. Fill the lamp at yahoo.com. All one word, fill the lamp at yahoo.com. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, we just come to you. Wherever these listeners are, I lift them up right now. Whatever they may be going through, Father God, I lift up their circumstances. If they're, if they're struggling or if they're growing, Father God, I pray that they would be growing closer to you, more intimate, more transparent, and confessing their sins. Uh, Father God, because you are faithful and true to forgive their sins. And Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to pray for these listeners. And Lord Jesus, we just want you to be exalted in everything that we think, everything that we speak. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you very much. I'm Neil Parks.